Hello and welcome to a podcast brought to you by the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales. In this episode, we're going to be speaking all about ethics in accountancy. My name is Hope Ellen, the host of this podcast, and I am joined by some wonderful guests who are now going to introduce themselves and a little bit about their role. Let's start with you. Hi, so I, I'm Nick. Um, I'm an audit manager at Cooper Parry, and I've been in, in audit for about 10 years now. Fantastic. Hi, Hope. I'm Ben. I'm a partner at Ballard's LLP, a firm of accountants based in the Midlands, and I'm the head of the corporate team there. And my name is Lucy, and I'm an early careers executive for ICAEW. So we've got a bit of variety here. I think we're going to get some great answers out of this podcast. Let's begin by touching on a, a personal note. What does ethics mean to you, Lucy? Yeah, so for me, I guess coming from an ICAW perspective, um, it's all about how it's incorporated into the ACA. Um, so I'm sure you'll both agree that it's something that you sort of go with throughout your whole training and then through your whole career. Um, so it just goes to show sort of the importance of it, um, which I guess is why we you know, do such a focus on it. Ben? Yeah, I think ethics to me is all about just doing the right thing. Um, we're in a heavily regulated industry, um, but a lot of that regulation is really just to get us to do the right thing. Um, and ultimately, ethics is something more fundamental than that. Um, and it's some principles that we can apply to, to any situation, really. And finally, Nick? Yeah, so similar comments, really. Um, I suppose on a macro level, it's the difference between sort of right and, and wrong and and as, as Ben said you know doing the right thing um, there's obviously gray areas and, and rules that we need to um, apply but yeah it's not it, it's not black and white all the time and um, there are a lot of gray areas and, and a big a key thing to ethics is around the trust in in the profession particularly in in audit which we both work in now as we know throughout the world and with, a, with any industry there are always changes and developments. And you mentioned regulations, Ben, and how it's very heavily regulated. But things change, don't they? How do you ensure that you're always up to date with the latest rules and regulations? Nick? Um, so really continuing professional development um, and the training for ethics is, is right through. So it's from almost day one of starting the profession, um, it's right through. So I, I did an ACA qualification, which was a, a way that I became chartered accountant. Um, I did 15 exams, and, and the ethics is throughout every exam. There's, there's questions on, on in every exam for that. Um, but even right up to partner level, we still things change. So we still have training on that. We need to do, um, you know, declarations of personal interest, things like that. Um, right through. So. There's things that are, are done monthly, um, quarterly, and just to keep up with, with the training and any regularity changes. Is it interesting to keep educating yourself, or can it sometimes feel a little bit challenging and a bit like, this is a bit much? <laughs> yeah, I, th I think sometimes um, it, it can feel, if I'm being honest, a bit samey. So, but, but even so, some things, um, they're quite interactive now, so some of the training isn't just... Um, you know, a tick box exercise. A lot of the training platforms are, they give you potentially real life examples. Um, they're, they're videos, they're a bit more interesting to do. And ultimately I see the value in them. So um, I understand why I'm doing them. 
but yeah, I mean, it can get a bit samey, but it's it's important and we all need to make sure that we're complying with the regulations. Absolutely. Uh, ben, in terms of that training that Nick just mentioned there, in terms of videos and all of that, is there any support available if you need a little bit of help with any of that? Yeah, I think um, that <coughs> there's a lot of training available. Um, the ICAW do provide a lot of help as well. There's a there's an ethics and technical helpline, so you can call up people at the ICAW that's open to all members and ask them what they would do in, in situations. And they're actually very, very useful and very good at that. Um, and then there's a lot of in-person training, which is great. I think, you know, as, as a lot of things have moved online, um, you know, whether that works quite as well, uh, the jury's out a little bit. So it's great to still get in and discuss real life scenarios with people and meet the trainers and discuss those scenarios that you come across. And we spoke earlier on at the start of this podcast about kind of your personal opinion of ethics and what it means to you. But what does it mean in accounting? Why is it important in accounting? Ben? I think we have a very key role uh, in business that, you know, we are there to give confidence to people. We're there to, you know, make sure that people can rely on information, data. And that's at a small level, you know, if you're speaking to business owners, they want to know they're, they're getting the right advice, the best advice, and we're, we're going to keep them out of trouble, particularly for, for smaller businesses who don't have that in-house expert team, maybe. Um, right up to, you know, the, the massive level, the huge corporates, the shareholders need to know that they can rely on the accounts, the data they're getting. It's fundamental to investment. It's probably one of the key things to our economy. You know, it's why we're... People still invest a lot here in the UK and not in emerging markets. Is you know, is their money safer here? Um, and, and a lot of that is around the trust in the profession, uh, or certainly we we contribute to that as accountants anyway. I'm getting the opinion that trust is extremely important. Lucy, anything to add? Yeah, I was just going to say. I guess that's the importance of becoming chartered, isn't it? Is that means those people can trust you, I guess, because um, they know what you've been through and they know you've got to maintain a level um, and be ethical in that way yeah we, we all wear the the badge of honor of 15 uh, yeah. exams and yeah, exactly. <laughs> three years of training etc to to be able to show that we we prove we can do that moving away from the chartered accountancy side of things and just looking at being an employee how can you be ethical as an employee i mean on on an obvious level sometimes it's just it's being nice it's being a person that other people want to to work with um it's being honest and some of that honesty is is around admitting when you maybe don't have that technical information and you need help um from people um so an example of that would be not giving advice to a client in an area that you you don't know too much about um it's also having that knowledge of when you're perhaps too close to a client um there might be a sort of familiarity threat as such um or you might have a family member for example at a client so it's it's knowing at what point it's appropriate to sort of step away from a job or not be involved in the first place on that note do you think that being ethical can be taught or is it something that you just have you either have or you don't have um it's a tricky one because i suppose ev everyone probably thinks that they're ethical um and i suppose it's it's a bit complex in that, as I said earlier, I think there are some grey areas. Um, I think 
elements absolutely can be taught. I think being an honest person is something that you you grow up, you learn through childhood, um, parents and and other and friends and and the environment that you've grown up in influence that massively. Um, and there, it's not just for the accountancy profession; that's across all sorts of professions. But there's certain certainly things that can be taught. So I think your professional competence and and due care, knowing what you should know and and at what point, as I mentioned, you you might need to seek help for for technical areas. So I th I think there's probably an element of both, um, and and certainly as as you mentioned with things like the ICAW. Um, training guides and, and ongoing training. I think that that's really important and it helps, but having a base ethical framework is is really important as well. I'm getting the impression that teamwork is actually really key when it comes to ethical working, because as yeah. you mentioned, if you don't know the answer, you need to let someone who does know the answer advise that person. Yeah. Is that is that right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and that might just be... I, I think that's also a really key thing from getting back after after COVID and, and working in, in person. I think that's really helpful so that if a team goes on site to a client so that they can just ask the person next to them um, or, you know, looking up, maybe asking a manager or, or a partner or, or even further up. So, um, I mean, you, you were mentioning about the ICAW helplines. Um, often I might need to actually phone the ICAW to help um, so it's it's right through and, and we're not expected to know everything all the time. And I think key to teamwork is leadership as well. Mm -hmm. So I think ethics generally, I think, yes, it can be taught and fine-tuned, but often in practical situations, it's really down to, you know, the leaders to set the tone of the business and sort of I think people will follow that in terms of what is appropriate, acceptable behaviour and what to do in certain circumstances. If you create that that right environment, I think people will feel empowered to make that right ethical decision generally. So I think, yeah, a massive part of a massive part of it is is the leadership aspect. I think definitely for sort of an, an open and an honest culture and being approachable, so that when people perhaps don't know the answer or need a bit of guidance on it, that they feel like they can approach you and, and ask. We're all being very positive right now, but obviously <laughs> there are times where people don't have good behaviours. Sometimes someone might act unethically. Have any of you ever encountered maybe a, a team member who's works with you be unethical? And what did you do in that situation? Who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I have a specific example of team members. I mean, obviously we we are regulated. So if we come across anything, and I suppose this, this isn't just unethical, it, it would be more if it was illegal in some way, um, if it was ta tax evasion, which would obviously be unethical as well, um, then we have a lot of regulations about what we actually have to do in that scenario. So we have to fill in anti-money laundering reports and report that within the business. So that, I suppose that's a good example where regulation and ethics come together and where we are bound to, to do something. Um, I think generally, you know, if, if something's unethical in the workplace, it, it depends who it is and what the scenario. But but generally, having a, having a chat with that person first, or if you don't feel like you can have that conversation, having a chat with a line manager would would probably be an appropriate start. And then you know, clearly, it goes all the way up to if it's such an extreme scenario, then you're into sort of 
whistleblowing territory and, and resignations, but hopefully in a, in a chartered accountancy firm, I can't see that <laughs> happening. <laughs> Nick, anything to add to that? Yeah, it's not a specific employee example, um, but something we have to be really careful of, and I think increasingly careful of, um, is when, when the trainees, um, so for example, I, I line manage various trainees, when they're doing their qualification, they need to do things like project reports um, and making sure that they're able to use other, other people's reports as a guide, but not plagiarize. Mm. So I think that's a, um, a point where, you know, a AI and, and then technologies are coming into that um, to make sure that that's not happening, but it's really drilling that message into the trainees. So things like that are, you know, probably monthly conversations for me. You mentioned AI there. We have got an episode on AI. Um, so fingers crossed we'll cover that in more yeah. detail <laughs> for those listening. Let's talk now about trust in a little bit more detail. What does trust in the profession mean to you? Ben? I think it's, um, we've already touched on it before, that it's really important that people trust accountants um, and people trust the data that accountants present with them. Um, <coughs> it's really key from an audit perspective. So if we're signing off a set of accounts, that the shareholders can have some confidence that that signature on that piece of paper means something from an accountant, that somebody has checked everything, somebody's happy, those accounts are reliable, um, and you can make investment decisions on the back of them. Um, there's been a few sort of cases recently that have cast a bit of doubt on that, and I think we as accountants need to work really hard to... to I wouldn't say win back people's trust because I still like to think we are trusted, but it's taken a little bit of a dent. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's really important that we follow new regulations and we rebuild all of that confidence. I think, Nick, you were going to say about some of the cases. Yeah, not not in a huge amount of, of detail, but in, in terms of the, the obvious ones, the VHS, Carillion, um, things like signing off, audit reports um, that are, are on a, a going concern basis, so the assumption that that company can continue to trade, mm -hmm. um, and then it, it's found that actually that's not really the case, and that's huge, and the implications of that are, are huge and wide-reaching. So with those key cases, you know, it's all over the news, um, and it, it can make people doubt and, and not trust uh, accountants in the profession so yeah as you touched on it's it's rebuilding that trust and what sort of measures are being put in place um to make sure that that's that trust is rebuilt um because the the consequences are really far-reaching aren't they you might just think oh it's maybe the employees who are impacted but i mean it can go as as far as um the british taxpayer if if it you know it's pretty major um so cases like carillion are are obvious in my mind for stress in the profession. Yeah, and <coughs> in the significant change now as a result of that, there's a lot more work that has to go into audits specifically for you know these big audits, um, and that's meaning quite a big shake-up in, in the accountancy world, and it means for people in smaller firms, actually, there's some big clients coming down to our level, um, and that has its own interest in ethical dilemmas you know how well prepared are people to, to handle these big audits uh, at what level do we have the right amount of staff the right training within staff the right level of experience in these firms so 
Um, that I'm sure there'll be more and more regulation as time goes on and more and more interesting ethical dilemmas. Looking at things from a, a much smaller scale, if you like, I'm self-employed or someone who's got a business that's relatively small and they just find an accountant. How do they know they can trust that accountant to do the job properly? Nick? I suppose, again, it's, it's the trust in the profession. So... Um, I think there's an inherent level of, or there should be an inherent level of trust with um, someone who is a, a chartered accountant because of that ongoing regulation that we have to comply with um, and also the, the level of training that we've had. Um, but there's a lot of really great accountants who aren't chartered accountants. So I suppose it's doing your own due diligence, really, and, and checking recommendations. Um, they're... How, how long have they been doing it for? But it, it's really important because obviously that comes back to you if, if it ends up that you're not paying the right tax or, um, yeah, yeah, but l largely around the, the tax implications. So, um, yeah, it's really key. But I also think it's really important that you have a good relationship with them and, and that you, you trust them and you get on with them, not just, you know, wider than just their professional competence as well. Something that's I always find very frustrating is accountants not a protected term so anybody can call mm. themselves an accountant unlike okay. a solicitor for example who has to be qualified in some way so I mean that I obviously would say this but the chartered accountancy um, badge the, the ICAW ACA qualification is, is hopefully a good differentiator because you know that person has spent those years and that time training. Um, but unfortunately for us, I guess, accountant, can anybody can call themselves an accountant. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's quite scary, actually, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is for, for someone in your, in your position, as you said, with that example, yeah. So we've spoken about trust, but something else, and I know this from personal experience, communication is key as well. You need to be a good communicator, don't you? How important do you find that in your role, Nick? Oh, vital. I think it's really it's really easy as well for people um, coming through school. I certainly thought this, that being an accountant meant that you had to be super, super good with maths um, and just be a bit of a sort of maths boffin and be really technical. But there's so much more to it than that. Um, I have to communicate with all sorts of people. So that's, as I said before, I line manage people. So that's with the trainees, um, the team internally, but it's also speaking to the clients and, and forming a relationship with them and, and getting obviously getting that balance between getting on with them well and them trusting you as a person and a, and a professional but not having too strong a relationship um, so that you don't cross that that bridge but yeah I mean communications in every aspect isn't it day to day yeah I mean well fundamentally we sell people's time as accountants don't we um, we don't sell yeah. mathematics and we also uh, don't really have a product to give people um, at the end of the day I suppose we give people a set of accounts but that's not particularly exciting for them I think the <laughs> the product and the value is is spending time with us and us giving insight and value to them you know whether it's tax advice audits wh whatever it is that we're doing um, and so being a people person and a communicator is vitally important to that. Yeah, definitely. I think from a student perspective, if we have any students listening who are either going through the application process or thinking about applying, um, you touched on some really good skills there as chartered accountants. And we always try to remind the students that actually, like you said, it's not about being a maths genius. Actually, it's about your communication skills, your people skills, your teamwork. And 
I'm sure you've interviewed plenty of people um, and they're the skills that you're looking for, I believe, when you're looking to hire a chartered accountant. Yeah, definitely. And, and you mentioned leadership um, yeah. and that's really important. Obviously, we get some training through, throughout. So at a manager level, you will have uh, training and, and how to manage people, that sort of training. Um, but again, it's it's making sure that you're getting on well with people and people want to work with you, people trust you, people enjoy working with you and, and that you've got that um, openness that people can ask you questions. Um, that's really important for me. Um, I, I really help, I really like sort of helping the more junior team members and mm. being, being part of their kind of learning process. And of course, there are so many roles within the industry. So yeah. there will be different skill sets required for loads of different things that you do. Or when you climb the ladder, like you mentioned, or going manager, uh, there's mm. going to be different skills and things to learn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they're, they're probably, I think communication is, will be across all fields. Um, obviously, there's different technical competencies. But, but yeah, I think accountancy is, is so far removed from this sort of grey office quiet environment where you know it, it's it's actually quite can be quite a fun environment um sociable um having you know in-depth conversations people getting on um yeah communications probably one of the most important factors i think yeah i think it's fair to say that the people in my experience that have rose to the top tend to not necessarily be the most technically mm apt people but they're the people the, the, the best all-round people the people with all of those skills that we've just mentioned yeah I definitely agree with that yeah I mean a, a big part of a role as, as a partner I suppose is, is business development and sales and winning new business and that's not something as an accountant I really thought I would be getting into that's probably a you know, a, a decent chunk of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis and having some of those sort of more difficult conversations as well, that it's it's essentially a business, so it's having those fee discussions, and yeah. they can be quite challenging, particularly with an environment that is becoming more regulated. There's more work to do, and having to then that means that we're we're spending more time on things, and that usually equates to higher fees and having to have those discussions as well. So we've touched on misconceptions, nice surprises, <laughs> and challenges. <laughs> Lucy, if there are students or school leavers listening to this mm -hmm. and they're thinking, right, okay, what can I do to prepare? I've got this, those skills that they've mentioned, that's great. How do I find out about this ethical work in an accountancy? Do they need to actually go away and research before starting on that career journey? Um, so no, they don't. Um, I'm sure you'll both agree that when you take on a student or a school leaver, um, you take them on on a training vacancy basis. Um, so actually, when they come in, you're more looking at their skills and less about what they know, because you understand that you're going to have to train up that person, aren't you? You're going to have to teach them all about the ACA, all about the modules um, and everything like that. And I guess that includes ethics within the profession. Of course, it's great to have a bit of knowledge around the subject, but you're not expecting them to walk in on day one and be experts in the area, are you? No, well, I, I was a chemistry graduate um, and I didn't know anything at all about accountancy. Um, I just went into it because I thought it would be a, a good career path. Um, and yeah, I think you, you can do it as long as you've got, you know, the, the skills to pass the exams and, and, and you can do that, then th there's nothing holding you back. Yeah, so similar for me. I, I did a music degree, so completely you know, not related at all. I didn't come into it knowing 
what I was doing. Um, and I'm if with with the firm I work in, I'm involved in recruitment and particularly with the school leaver route. They're not people coming in already with an accounting and finance degree. So it's really, as, as you mentioned, those those core skills. So do they seem like nice people? Are they, you know, are, do they are they intelligent people as well who we think are, are going to pass the exams ultimately? Um, and a, a really key one is, do I think I could put them in front of one of my clients? Which again, sort of feeds into that communication point of view and, and work well within the team as well. So we have touched on this throughout already. It's quite a broad question, but I want to dive into it a little bit more. So how does ethics and accountancy make a difference? Ben? I think it's the heart of of how our economy works. Um, So here in the UK, we're one of the leading economies. um, And I think a lot of that is is built up in history, but it's also on the reliance that, you know, our, our financial institutions are sound, uh, our companies are sound investments. Um, you know, a, a government isn't going to come in and take over a company, or you know, there's not going to be land grabs or you know, a coup or anything like that. Um, but fundamentally, I think a lot of that is down to you know, the the fundamentals of the numbers are reliable, the financial backing is there, um, and we stand behind that, I suppose, maybe as the unsung heroes. I'll take the credit today <laughs> that it's chartered accountants that, that run all of that. But yes, I think that that's what I would say anyway. He's wearing a cape under that jumper. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've touched on, um, there's a separate podcast on sustainability as well, but um, increasingly in the profession as well, it's important that accountants are a part of that. Um, so becoming more sustainable, the corporate social responsibilities, um, and I mean, a, a new disclosure for large companies and accounts, for example, are a disclosure on companies' carbon emissions. So that sort of feeds into that and, and a way as well that accountants, as, as well as other professions, can make a difference in, in a sustainability way. And to finish this episode today, I'd like to go around and just hear if you've got any kind of last thoughts, feelings about the topic today. Lucy? Yeah, so I guess just taking it back and I think we've all sort of reiterated how important ethics is um whether it be as an ACA student or whether it be as a fully qualified ICAW member and actually it's really exciting that this is another part of your role that I think a lot of people don't realize and especially students who are considering a career in accountancy um so it's really great that you've both been able to highlight how important ethics is Ben yeah I think um I mean, generally, if you're thinking about becoming an accountant, um, as long as you know right from wrong, you know, it, 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 a lot of the times it's pretty obvious and it's not something to, to worry too much about. The, the qualification does give you the toolkit, I suppose, the general principles to know when, it, when something's a bit grey, where should I turn then? And that is things we come across. But certainly, you know, I don't think I would let regulation put you off becoming an accountant because as long as you're happy to to do the right thing um, and to put the work in then it's not something that that should worry you and ultimately being an accountant's all about being a a good person a a good communicator a reliable partner and nick yeah some similar points really um i mean from an ethical point of view there are serious ramifications in certain situations um and being ethical is is not just in your day-to-day role but also being ethical 
in in how you are as a person outside of the profession um so it might be on a, on a weekend on on a night out and that kind of thing but yeah ultimately if you're if you're a good person um and you have uh you know uh, you're, you're honest you're a good communicator um there's a lot of those sorts of values um and skills that can be developed but also are the real things that we're looking for um not about being a super maths whiz and being really technical it's it's being an all-round person um and yeah doing doing the right thing it's like nature and nurture coming into one isn't it yeah yeah definitely well nick ben and lucy thank you so much for sharing all of your wonderful insights it's been a pleasure chatting to all of you and thank you for you for watching and joining us at home we'll be back for another episode all about accountancy shortly <laughs>